welcome to another episode of the Four Bananas podcast. Today, we'll be talking about media. With the recent success of BTS and also, you know, Oscars for Parasite, Asian representation within mainstream media has become a lot more prevalent. And we'll just discuss a little bit more about media just in general. So let's let's rewind time a little bit. So what was the what was your top five favorite cartoons, both Jeff and Dom here? Yeah. I think growing up, I remember watching a lot of Fairly Odd Parents, Totally Spies, Inspector Gadget, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Jackie Chan Adventures. Uh, for me, Naruto, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob, Ben 10, and One Piece. Oh, okay, so for myself, it's actually Digimon, Dragon Ball Z, you know, Naruto, Fairly Odd Parents, and SpongeBob. So those were my top five. I'm actually surprised. When when did Jackie Chan Adventures come out? Like, like I've, I've watched a few episodes, but I, like it's never consistent for me. Yeah, I think it probably came out during the the later stages of childhood. I can't remember exactly. Childhood uh... for me just kind of all blends together, and you just have a whole <laughs> mash of um, TV. But yep. it's pretty cool. We all had fairly odd parents. So I guess we all really enjoyed yeah. the storytelling, yep. the concepts, and how it all came together. That was a really good show. It's definitely very different. I think, especially for me, um, Fairly Odd Parents was like after school. And like yeah. usually after school, I'm like at this like kind of childcare area. And the only good thing was like Fairly Odd Parents on the TV. Uh. Like all the kids would just watch Fairly Odd Parents at that point in time. Like it was really, really, really good show. Mm. I, feel I look like forward to it yeah. after school. It's, it's, it's made for kids, but I guess the... If you remember what the... I can't remember his name now. The, the male fairy, he, he, he embodied kind of different aspects more like sarcastic more i don't know just more like teenage adult themes as you were growing up so i feel like that was more interesting it wasn't like a kids kids show if you get mm-hmm. what i mean yeah, yeah. Like the, the themes that they explored were different i think <laughs> different definitely, to a normal normal kids simple storylines sort of show yeah. i would say definitely need to revisit it <laughs> have a watch again yeah with a new perspective like adult perspective because mm-hmm. it's like Spongebob, you know the meme, oh, right? yep. Squigrid, we all hated Squigrid as a kid, yep, like, yep. why is he so boring and hates everything, <laughs> yeah. then you relate to him more and more as you grow up, <laughs> yep. with, with your new perspective. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, like, it's also interesting, I see Jeff, like, you also listed, like, Naruto, One Piece, was that, like, your first exposure to, like, anime? They weren't, but, I mean, it was really cool to see it broadcasted on TV, in, like, Australian TV, right? Like four kids, I think that's the company. Four kids dub- yeah, 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 dubbing yeah, yeah. them four, into four, English. Four, ki- four kids animation, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. I think I think at that point it was definitely very different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think it was good, but I, because you know how they they show episodes, um, sequentially or whatever, and if you miss it, then oh well, you can't really do much then. Yep. But as 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 you know, as media progressed, and I guess I didn't actually get into anime properly until later in the years but i think it was better i enjoyed it more in the in the later years just because i had more control over when i could watch it in what order i could watch yeah i I think that was the same for me like my first exposure to anime like realizing it was anime was naruto right and then i watched it but it was always so early in the morning so i ended up just watching it on youtube right and it wasn't like it, it just allowed me to more easily, you know, time out my yeah. sleep and everything in general, rather than having to, you know, wake up so early just to watch those sorts of TV shows. I think the older you get, you just want to sleep in a little more. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I recorded all my One Piece episodes on VHS. Oh, VHS. Oh, yeah. VHS. I would wake up at 7. I think that's yep. when you wake up at 7, prepare my tapes, and then record it for half an hour. And what an experience, because I recorded them in sequential order, I guess, because I would religiously wake up at that time to record it. And I could always rewatch it and have a good time with One Piece. Actually, it reminded me. I remember I used to record Pokemon using like video oh, tapes. Pokemon, yeah. Pokemon used to come out, and then like because sometimes we would be racing to go to school. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't have time to like, for example, finish an episode that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So you would always record it right before. Right. Uh, and then you could watch it like, after school, which is good. That is true, <laughs> and I guess you don't really. I think some VHS um consoles you could set a timer, but I guess if you couldn't anyway. If you know there's only, say, two hours in your VHS tape, well, it's going to stop recording after two hours. So you just kind of leave it on and then it's all good. Yep. Yep, definitely. I mean, which which reminded me, like, I also had, um apart from, like, videotapes, I think back in back when we were younger, like, I, I there were a lot of CDs. Like, just oh, VCDs, yeah. right? And then you would just play those sorts of CDs. And I, there, there were just a lot of different sorts of cartoons and those sorts of things just by these sort of CDs. And, like, in terms of, like, videotapes, for me most exposure was actually Asian drama on videotapes. So back then there wasn't like cable TV was very expensive. Yeah. So like what people did was there were videotapes, there'd be like Asian dramas on it, like three to four episodes and you would just kind of like rent it, right? It's like video easy, like video easy, blockbuster, but for Asian dramas and you rented it from Asian grocery stores. Oh yeah. This is exactly what my mom did as well. <laughs> so we watched so much hate, um, Hong Kong dramas wow. like just renting them from Asian groceries. <laughs> I, I guess for me, I never really had that experience. I never really went to Blockbuster or Video Easy or even the, I guess, maybe, yeah, I think my, my mom would have bought some from the Asian grocery store, but I was a big fan of uh, Hollywood movies back then. So I would record all the Lord of the Rings, the Matrix, all those, all those um, Spy Kids, Star Wars. I love those kind of movies. And then when VCDs came out, oh, I had like such an awesome collection, like, I'd have this book and then inside the book there'd be all these VCDs in there and i just pick anyone at any time but then I'd always buy them when I went to Malaysia because it's so cheap right um, and they come out really soon after the movie's released in, in the cinema or you get like a pretty good uh, quality of it those were the days. So, so it's your own Netflix collection practically. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, they even had subs English Mm. Bahasa, uh, oh, Mandarin, yeah. uh, Chinese, <laughs> but yeah, they were good. <laughs> I, I wonder if those like places still sell them because I know like when I go back to Hong Kong, like it's very hard to find hard, any places yeah. to sell VCDs. You know, I mean even videotapes. Like how often? When was the last time you both touched <laughs> videotapes? I haven't mm, touched videotapes no, exactly. in years. I recently dumped all the no. all my machines. What? I did. The VHS machine, the DVD machine, oh, DVD players, whatever. Vintage. Yeah, I dumped all of them. Like, I don't need these anymore. What, what a waste of space. I think I still had a couple VHS tapes which have um, family uh, recordings on them. Um, I'm not sure if you guys kind of grew up with the whole video cassette recordings. And uh, I remember that having that and converting them to from the from little from the little cassette tapes to the bigger VHS tapes so we could you know put it on just keep it for memories and stuff so I I, I still have mine just because I had to convert them into digital format 
I think for my dad, what he did was like for the VHS tapes, because he knows that it's going to get phased out. He actually changed it to another digital media and saved it on a USB. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, that's probably how people still keep those sorts of memories, yeah. right? Because I mean, like these sorts of devices are definitely going to get phased out. So you, you want to keep these sorts of like photos and videos moving forward. That's basically all the, I guess, the physical media, right? But how about online media? Um, were there any favorite YouTubers that you guys kind of followed when online media became more prevalent? So personally, like I remember when YouTube slowly started booming. And I think one of the first YouTube videos I watched was actually Nigahigo. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was like it was the how, how to be a ninja oh yeah, yeah. yeah. like and th- th- that got me laughing quite a bit so i was just like oh this youtube platform's kind of interesting yeah. and it's from that point onwards that i kind of went into a rabbit hole <laughs> he had a lot of good videos it wasn't like just how to be a ninja it, he had a lot i think of how to series like i think it was like how to be a school gangster how to be like a cool kid and so relatable, I guess, growing up. Yeah, hilarious. Hilarious guy. And the two Asians that lip sync Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very I don't know, forerunners of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Like, those, those were one of the starts of YouTube, like, how it slowly became more and more famous. These sorts of viral videos, I think, yeah. definitely. Like, for me, like, I also looked at, um, I watched, like, Kev Jumbo, like, the vlogs. Oh, yeah. Like, that was interesting because... It was interesting seeing how Asian Americans grew up, right? Because being in Australia, it's like we ha- we hardly have as much representation. I mean, later on we had like what like my Johnny. Oh yeah, I think that was the Asian Australian oh, sort yeah. of, you know, vlogs or like version you yeah. could say. Um, but yeah, like it was interesting seeing just a different perspective. And then as you grew older, for me it was like Wong Fu, mm. like Wong Fu's the storytelling that was good. Uh, I really enjoyed that. It's interesting because it's, it's, it's almost like we naturally gravitated to the more Asian uh, content creators on YouTube, even early on. Like, if I think about it, what's the first couple of YouTubers that I followed? Exactly the people that you just said. Would, and then if I think back, did I really follow any other ethnicities? No. It's just, that's, I, I find that kind of interesting. But I guess because of our friendships and the people around us, they would have only... It only makes sense to gravitate towards the more Asian content creators. Mm, yeah, and I also think it might be the humor, like the the type of humor that we're yeah. looking into is kind of different to what mainstream sort of humor representation or those sorts of storytelling. It's just different. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, the jokes they employ, yeah, more yeah, yeah, relatable yeah. to us. Yeah, it's probably why it's a lot more relatable to us. Um, and I think I think it's also the fact that like they're Asians within a Western country. Just that simple fact, right? It's it's something that is easier to relate for us, at least. Now, now I think there's a lot of um there's a lot more Asian uh content creators out there now, right? Like especially newer ones, I feel. Um I think Nigga Higger and Kev Jumbo were almost yeah. the, OG. Know. Yeah, OG. I was gonna say like now. I was like, are they the pioneers, I guess? Yeah. And now you have just a whole ton. Like, I know I've been following a lot of vlog style, very, like, creative people. There's a couple, I think, oh, they're all in the US, actually, but uh, I don't know if you guys know, like, Elliot Choi and Kelly Wakasa, Jed Cow. They're, they're all these, like, very, they're very good at cinematics. And that's mm-hmm. something I, I, 
I, I do quite enjoy watching. Mm. But like they're like the new generation. They're all like yep. young twenties. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll never be starred of content for sure. Like from <laughs> you'll you'll find some Asian out there that can represent what like your hobbies, what you're into. I, I think like back when we were in high school, it was a lot harder to find like these sorts of representations, just even within creators, right? And YouTube gave people that sort of space where you know Asian creators could create whatever content they wanted. And I think that definitely helped in making it a lot more common, right? It's not right now. I would say like it, it would be less. It would be less about oh, there's an Asian creator. It's just a creator, right? Because yeah. it's so common. Like you could see it within it's Netflix true. as well, right? There's so much more just Asian representation, just in general. So that's how I see it, anyway. So we which also which also raised the point. Like, this actually reminded me. Like I remember one of the formals I had back in year twelve. I went to one of the formals, and at that point, it was there was a K-pop K-pop uh, group SNSD. Oh wow! Hell yeah! yeah. No way! <laughs> so, so so at that point, it was it was interesting because they actually released a new song called "The Boys." Right, and then there was an actually English version, and that was playing within the formal. Right, and that caught me very off guard because I would never have imagined, right, like a K-pop playing within my school. How long right? ago was that? This was well, you twelve, did, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, in terms what, of years. What year? Um, what? When did 2011, the boys come out? Twenty eleven, then twenty twelve. No, yeah, twenty eleven. That's uh, that's year twelve for us. Let's have a look. Um, it was around yeah, twenty eleven. Hmm. Twenty eleven. So yeah, it was it was. During 2011, and this was like way before like BTS was in America, you oh, know, yeah. like all those sorts of, you know, mainstream K-pop you could say nowadays, right? Like it's very different back then. And yeah, I, I actually enjoyed that because it kind of, it was, it felt like subliminal, but it, it kind of implied that, you know, the school recognizes that there's different sorts of ethnicities, races, like even though it was just... You know, it's still an English version. It's a yeah. step. I thought it was a step. Mm, right? Yeah, um, right. Oh, I I think it's quite common now. Like you know, BTS oh, just yeah. blasting through the radio. Like this is just my assumption. I I don't know how mm. high schools are now. That would be quite interesting, actually. I wonder what sort of they don't have you know Pitbull playing anymore. Yeah, it's the worldwide. because I mean, in in high school, that's kind of what the sort of um, music that we kind of had. Like I mean, if you had a party, you'd listen to Mr. Worldwide, and that kind of doof doof music maybe like a bit of um neo and like some r&b vibes but maybe now everyone just listens to bts yeah and i think it's a good good step let's i wouldn't say it's the final final step i'd say it's a good step like i mean what why not have other you know sorts of media slowly playing like just within mainstream like not just k-pop right like there's, there's so many like ethnicities around the world, right? Yeah, it'd be good to have like you go, you walk in the shopping center, and it's just a whole variety of songs mm. from different yeah countries just playing. Yeah. yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Wait, so it's interesting because how do you guys think K-pop became so popular? I don't think for myself I was ever that into K-pop. Like you, you guys mentioned SNSD. Like yes, I know of SNSD, and I think if I look back to high school. The main song that comes into mind for me is um, "Wedding Dress" by 
by Taeyang. Uh, oh, yeah. That was yeah. like the K-pop. Oh, is, is that K-pop? I think it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, <laughs> see, obviously, I, if I have to ask that question, you guys know I'm not that into K-pop. But even now, we have, like you mentioned, BTS and comes on mainstream radio and I, I do I do listen to it a bit. But yeah, how, how do you guys think K-pop became so popular all of a sudden? So... Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like a golden era of K-pop. They went through like a lot of experimentations in early 1990s, I guess, with other groups where they experimented with what kind of style they wanted K-pop to be. Right. And then out came the second generation of K-pop, which is, which includes your, you know, Wonder Girls, Big Bang, SNSD, 21. 2AM, 2PM, <laughs> Shiny, TVXQ, Super Junior, etc, etc. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And there's probably a lot more that I haven't listed. Yeah, probably. At that, at that point in yeah. age, it was like the golden era, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, golden era. I think they, they called it the Hallyu. Well, I hope I'm not butchering the name. Hallyu phase. Yeah, Hallyu phase. But basically, that's when... It became really popular, not on the global scale, but rather Southeast Asian countries um, really got into it, right? So the popular rap, popularity of K-pop spread through Asian people. And while it's not mainstream, you would have somehow heard of it from like your Asian friend or something. Oh. Right. So yeah, you're saying it spread through, K-pop spread through first to Asian countries yeah. initially. Yeah. Oh, that meant, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure, so that was like 2007. Yep. And I'm pretty sure you guys, after that, you guys probably heard of Gundam Style. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gundam Style. Yep. That became, that was pretty mainstream. Exactly. That was in 2012 and came out pretty viral. It was the first YouTube video that held the first spot for the most views for five years. Wow. And I think that's when it kicked off. Like, it was a meme, not really a song to be taken seriously as quote-unquote K-pop, I guess. Mm -mm. But because of how meme and how popular it was, uh, it became global. Mm -hmm. And after that, 2013 was when BTS debuted, right? Um, so you can see from there how, yeah, it got into mainstream, you know? I also think, like, I'm not sure, like, this isn't actually proven, but... I also feel like, for example, like a lot of uh, electronic products, like for example, Samsung TVs, you know, those sorts of uh, products, they actually show a lot of K-pop um, within their promotional video. Have you ever seen seen a play mm. within electronic shops and stuff? Yeah. Like they show those sorts of K-pop and those sorts of media. And I think by showing a lot of that music and those sorts of dance moves, those sorts of things, people become more... I mean, may sub subconsciously, you know, become more comfortable with seeing K-pop, you know, spread, right? Just in general. Yeah. And I think that's probably another reason as well. That's how they kind of export their media um, via a subliminal way. I mean, just BTS in general, they helped South Korean economy, like, for their GDP, $4.7 billion. Can just you them, imagine just that? Just them alone. Just huh? them oh, alone. Man. Just what? seven people. That's insane. It's crazy. Wow. Right? So I think K-pop is a really big export for South Korea. Yeah. 100%. So, so what was your first K-pop song, Jeff? 
Um, I had a lot of Korean friends back in high school, and I think he showed me SNSDG. Ah, okay. Uh, that was that was very nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Asian girls. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Dancing and singing to a really catchy song. Um, and then he intro- introduced me to FX as well. Oh, FX. When they debuted. Yep. And then after that is when I really got into K-pop. It's like really uh... catchy. And I think FX had a, had a Chinese yep. member in it. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Chinese <laughs> represent. <laughs> See, I think for me, it was actually Epic High. So Epic High had a song called Run. So at that point, I had a friend that was always telling me to listen to K-pop. And I was just like, nah, K-pop isn't for me. I don't, oh, don't really like the melody. Interesting. Actually, in honesty. Mm. And then she was just like, oh, just listen to this one. And then I listened to Run. And it was interesting because the melody actually reminded me a lot about Japanese songs. Like it kind of gave off that similar vibe in terms of the tune, those sorts of things. And at that point in time, I only listened to Japanese song- songs. Right. Right. So I was just like, oh, maybe K-pop can have those sorts of songs coming out. And then from that point onwards, yeah, I just listened to a lot of K-pop and J-pop. So both, both. Um, right. And really, I think I would say there's more K-pop now than J-pop. 100%. I think yeah. it kind of... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of listening. Took over, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm listen- definitely listening to a lot more K-pop. Oh, took over for you? Because, I mean... Dom, you you listen to J rock and stuff, right? Yeah, so you would know a lot more about that's that's how rock well though, right? Oh, <laughs> not pop, pop, not okay. pop. Right. Yeah, because I'm like I'm, I'm trying to think like where was I during this whole time when you guys are listening to K-pop? I'm like I think I was still in I, I just never evolved out of that rock phase. I was just still in the rock and R and B phase. Oh. Although like obviously I, I like when you mentioned Epic High, I'm like oh yeah, that sounds actually quite familiar. And even Japanese music, yeah, I would have had a couple tracks. Yeah. Got to check my um pod nano <laughs> gotta check that which is still surprising alive and kicking yeah. so i'll be really interesting to look back it's interesting that you're talking about like j-rock and our transitions because i can probably list out my own transition so right. it was like anime anime made me listen to j-pop uh-huh. right and then j-pop because i really like j-pop that went into k-pop and after K-pop, I was just like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Um, where are some of these songs from? And then I went into K-dramas. And that's how oh. I started watching a lot of K-dramas. Right? Oh. And that's the overall transition of me slowly getting a lot more in tune with a lot of different sorts of Asian media. Um, All right. So that's just me. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. For me, I've always been looking out for Asian media as a whole. So... I mean, I was born in China, so obviously a lot of my media would be from like Asian countries, right? So it started with anime, and then yeah, it's, <laughs> it's always been anime until the point where my Korean friends introduced me to K-pop. Ah, so it's Korean friends that kind of got you started. Yeah, and then K-pop led me to J-pop. So different to you, Andrew. Yeah, other way around. Because, um, I mean, K K pop K pop led me to understand that oh, um, songs could be catchy even though you don't understand the lyrics. So that's when I tried yeah. J pop songs or like Japanese songs, anime openings, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 
But unfortunately, I never got into like K dramas and stuff. I I don't like dramas, Asian dramas. <laughs> <laughs> it's structured very differently, I guess, to Westerns. They're they're too romance based. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. you watch the too lot. situational. There, there were a lot of yeah. those at the start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like oh, not my cup of tea. Uh, but that's interesting because you don't really watch K dramas, but you listen to K pop, and I think K pop is quite prevalent in K dramas, right? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, they just—I just don't like it. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. Like you might not, you know, it's—it's it's just you get—you get to listen without having to look at the story, so you get yeah. a better experience. Yeah. Well, what's your story, Dom? I think me and Andrew is kind of biased in the. Yeah. So interestingly, I did have Korean friends, but probably my closer friends in high school, we kind of listened to more rock r&b and then there was the whole rave edm phase Ah, uh, kind of like so i think i remember for some reason we're kind of big on that kind of american asian culture so american Asians they started crip walking and sea walking so you would have your kind of rap you kind Mm -hmm. of um remember the name fort minor those kind of groups and then we we would have went into the melbourne shuffle phase so we're listening to colors of the harder style um a lot of Italo Brothers, very high BPM sort of music. Then they kind of shifted more into like melodic trance. Uh-huh. So yeah, they kind of went down that line and I didn't really follow it. I went back into rock. That was then when anime came out and anime OPs are usually kind of Jap rock. Mm. So that kind of got me into uh-huh. Jap rock. Uh-huh. Now, I, now I, I do quite like Jap rock, especially because you don't, know what they're saying but the melody is quite interesting so uh-huh. i can just listen to the melody without without having to think uh-huh. about the lyrics and i i uh-huh. I, I quite enjoy that like you talk about edm actually reminded me because i remember back in high school like i had a friend that was kind of like t- for us it was we were just talking but he was just like why are you listening to k-pop you don't even understand the lyrics right and then the same as jeff i was just like well i like the melody and then i brought it back to him i was just like why do you listen to EDM? <laughs> like, there's no lyrics, right? There's no meaning behind It's like behind one word, it. two words, and then... Yeah, doof, doof, doof. yeah, yeah. So there's no meaning. So it's exactly the same, right? Like, the way that people listen to those sorts of music is the same as foreigners listening to K-pop, not understanding it, but just enjoying the tune, right? Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's people that listen to it for the meaning as well, and it definitely adds to the extra inexperience of yeah. the music. Um. But yeah, it's just an extra thought, right? For for people that that challenge, why why do people listen to things that they don't understand? Well, well, it's the same thing as you listen to EDM, right? Like th- there's there's no meaning behind it. It's just beats. Um, but yeah, and <laughs> and honestly, I wouldn't want you to try understand the meaning of K-pop songs. They're all pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> music is music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Do you guys ever see much representation of Asians in mainstream media? Because I think we've spoken about Asians on on YouTube and that was, you know, YouTube wasn't always mainstream media. It was kind of up and starting a platform. But what about, yeah, in mainstream media and Asian representation? So for me, like, it was really hard, especially in the early days when in Australia, there was minimal main like minimal asians even within mainstream media like to even watch any sort of asian show even just like chinese news you had to go to like a channel we call it sbs 
and there was only oh, yeah. particular times that would display any sort of Chinese movies or like you know um, Asian news. I think yeah, it was quite tough. Like you said, there wasn't much to see back then. You would only have. I remember mostly Asians would be in like fighting scenes, kung fu、mm. scenes. So you'd have, you know, well, Jackie Chan's been around for years,、mm-hmm. but you would have him, Rush Hour, you know, those kind、yep. of that's you know bigger Hollywood、um, mm-hmm. blockbusters. Jet Li, yeah, Jet Li, yeah, Jet Li,、um, Donnie Yen now. Oh, Don- <laughs> don't even get me started on Donnie Yen, but yeah, yeah. Donnie Yen, Yip Man, Yip Man. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was a, quite a struggle for. For Asians to be in big Hollywood scenes without having that aspect of the martial arts, right?、Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, like, even though it was hard to relate for myself with primary school friends, because all they watched back then was like what the OC, you know, <laughs> like、um, what else they watch? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> that's that. That's the extent with which I know what they watched. Because for me, I I know what I enjoyed. Right, I enjoyed watching those sorts of Asian stories, and I mean the Western TV that I watched were like what, like Simpsons, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah. I watched like some variety shows, like How to Be a Millionaire. You know,、mm. um, you know, there's also a show in Australia called Home and Away. Oh yeah, it is. I did not like that. Like、yeah. for me, it was too slow and it was very hard to relate because being an Asian, like there's there's no Asian representation. This doesn't represent Australia, right? Like, in all honesty, this is something I want to say all along, right? They always say "Home and Away, Neighbors." It's it's an Aussie show, yes. But Australia is a multicultural environment. Yes. Like, why is there no representation there? I think they tried. I remember seeing like a few Asian characters in there, but they were. You wouldn't even really call them Asian. They'd always be pictured in a very, well, it's just being very Western. They're just literally the same as everyone else on the show, but just looks different. I mean, it it happens. I think.、Um, yeah, I just watched whatever I enjoyed. I didn't really care,、um, and I, I I think that turned out for the better. I would say. Because I, it means that I was still in touch with the Asian roots, you know, Asian legends、yeah. stories, you know, like for example, Monkey King. Oh yeah, right. Like,、yeah. like Asian kids, like for people that are in touch with the Asian roots, like hundred percent, they would know what Monkey King is, right? Yeah. But like for people that you know that might not have been as exposed to it, like you wouldn't know these sorts of legends. It's interesting, like these sorts of stories. They teach you a lesson as well sometimes. Like I, I, I see it as. Very segregated types of media. So if I wanted to watch something Asian represent, I wouldn't look for Hollywood with Asians in it. Hollywood films with Asians in it. Right. Um, I would just, you know, look for a Hong Kong film. Go straight to the source. Yeah, go straight to the source because they represent themselves the best, right? I mean, Hong Kong director would make a good Hong Kong film. <laughs> Yeah, an American director would make a good American film. If I wanted to watch some, you know, cool badass action scenes with you know Tom Cruise or something, you go Hollywood.、Right? Yeah, you don't watch some, you don't watch a movie where Tom Cruise would make a special appearance in some Hong Kong film. That'd be so weird. Exactly right.、Um, Thank goodness for the internet, though, right? Because without the internet, we wouldn't have access to see these Hong Kong. Or directed movies or produced films, we'd only only have Hollywood films.、It'd、be so difficult 
oh, I feel like because of immigration and the globalization around the world, there's actually, uh, you can already see it, right? There's actually a morphing in terms of media and movies. Like before, as Jeff said, you know, Hollywood movies made by Americans, right? Chinese movies made by Chinese, you know, directors, right? But because there's a new generation where we're just immigrants, we grew up in Western countries, but then we also have that sort of Asian root, Asian ethnicity. We understand from that Asian perspective as well. Maybe not a lot, but it's that synergy, right? That combination. A lot of new media, they're trying to leverage that, right? A lot of new directors, like for example, Crazy Rich Asians, right? I'm pretty sure, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Asian American? Like the, the person that directed it or wrote the story? I feel like it yeah. is... Right, that vibe. and and that so- sort of creative direction. The only way to have that sort of way of thinking is by growing up within a Western country, as an Asian. I think it's that that new combination that's slowly emerging right now, and it's through that mainstream media will slowly morph into more of a global sort of TV. Yeah. So from my perspective, I've only mainly watched like anime or animation films. So I know from Chinese animation perspective. Okay, we, we had a golden era in the 1960s. Golden era of Chinese animation. And it was on top of the world. It had like really nice colors, really nice movement and everything. Like I don't think anywhere in the world can compete with them. Ooh, big Not, claims. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Okay. But the thing is, the Cultural Revolution in 1960s, 1966, came up onto China and that was the generation of our parents right our parents childhood um, was during the cultural revolution and that was when animation and art in China was non-existent so as they grew up they they lost all their talents for animating and that meant when they became adults they did not approve of like any art form or animation because that was not part of their childhood. And there was a gap. There's like a 20 year gap where because of our parents did not have the skill and we had to upskill ourselves. That 20 year gap from like 2000, I'll say 1990s to 2010, the animation industry was not mature enough to even be in the mainstream. Ah, mm. oh, okay, okay. I get where you're coming from. Okay, yep, yep. Right, yeah. But our gen, we're like, you know, in our late 20s now. Yep. And we, we actually have the skill to actually make good films, films that could relate to our own identity and, mm-hmm. and gain um, technical skills and influences from Western media as well because we grew up with Disney. An anime mm-hmm. and you can export that kind of media to to like other countries you can just dub it right dub it or right. sub it and people mm-hmm. will still enjoy it that'd be quite yep. interesting interesting because uh, if i think about it in terms because you're speaking from a animation perspective right when i think of animation i think of you know western animation or japanese animation mm-hmm. i don't really think of chinese animation yeah because mm-hmm. like you said it, there's just been a gap and now they're slowly starting to catch up and produce new things yeah so, so do you have an example actually of like some sort of asian animation that's becoming mainstream yes or like a popular yeah like a popular one that came yes. out yes you, you guys probably heard of nerds are 
Lots oh of. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nope. I've heard of it. Uh, too whitewashed. <laughs> uh, give me the give me the give me the white word. <laughs> the white word. You know Monkey King, right? Yes. It's from the, the same universe. Yeah, the same from universe. Ah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And there's you. a guy that has three heads and six arms. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And he can fly around with like those flaming wheels on his feet. Yeah. Flaming wheels. Yep. Nice. Oh. That's that guy. <laughs> cool. Oh, okay. And even even in the Western, um, there's there's a new movie that just came out, Rava and the Oh yeah, I've heard about this. Dragon. And then there's another one talking about the moon goddess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on Netflix. Yeah, I watched that one. Oh, actually. Yeah. It's interesting that one. Because that actually had Cantonese dub. <laughs> yeah right? and i was just like Whoa. yeah exactly that's what i'm saying because like the skills have caught up mm. um and um you're not taking inspiration from just the western guy studying mm-hmm. eastern culture right now uh-huh. now we have eastern and western people working together to create mm-hmm. these concepts which yep represents both cultures at the same time yeah 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 i i think that draws draws back to my point yeah but exactly synergy, right? right that synergy right so Actually, so do you both prefer Western or Asian media, actually? Well, before um, that, that whole synergy sort of media comes out, um, right. really mainstream, um, you know, just now, Western or Asian media? Ooh, yeah. I have to pick, huh? Yeah. Mm. For me, it would depend because they have different philosophies in their stories. So Western is uh, more plot-driven. So John Wicks, for example, the whole plot is that He's taking revenge because his dog got killed. Right. Um, something happens and that drives the story. That drives his motivation. Um, for Asian media, they are more character driven. So for example, my neighbor Totoro. There is no quote unquote story to it. It really is just the um the two girls being playful and bumping into Totoro by accident. And the whole story is just them enjoying themselves with with Totoro, right? The, I mean, there is a story like there's a, there comes a complication where she loses her sister and she has to find her. But how the story is driven is because they are very playful children. Oh, that's that's quite interesting. I never really thought about whether it's story driven or character driven. I think growing up as a kid, maybe being a kid it's just easier to follow a plot rather than a character. But it, it, like as, as a kid, it's easy to follow because you have the introduction, um, bit of background storytelling, they introduce the issue, the problem, and then they follow along that narrative of how they resolve that issue and then you get to like happy ending or whatever. But I think these days now, I much prefer character progression because I'm thinking when you mentioned that about um, Totoro, meeting Totoro and then, the progression of the characters then it reminded me kind of um narcos so you know narcos right i feel so that's i don't know if that's western or whatever media that is you know on netflix narcos about pablo escobar yeah pablo escobar oh okay so Go on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, but that kind of follows the story of pablo escobar and him as a as, as a character and how he started off as maybe a low to medium level thug mafia like boss kind of thing and how he became to be one of like the most notorious criminals that the world's seen so i think if i was to answer Mm. the question i think i prefer character progression now just because it's so interesting to see how they develop over time even say you could say uh maybe 
Western media has caught on to this mm. because they're popular shows like Breaking Bad. You follow the yeah, characters. I was thinking that, actually, yeah. Breaking Bad. Exactly, yeah. right? You follow the characters of, 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 of Walter as he, he starts off as um, a high school uh, teacher and then progresses into this like drug pin like lord or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, yeah. It's like a, a slice of life. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps that's yeah where we're moving towards. I don't know. <laughs> so for for me, I think it really depends on the mood, my mood, because I always see mm-hmm. Western media as definitely uh, a lot more serious. It's like you could also say that within Western media, it's a lot more upfront, right? People are a lot more direct. Might just come from the Western culture of being a lot more outspoken, but mm-hmm. definitely very upfront and so more bloody. Like, for example, How to Get Away Murder, you know, Game, right. Th- Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. you know, Orphan Black. Like, those those are some of the shows I watched, and they were 100% bloody. And I, I'm quite sure they would have been censored if in Asian <laughs> countries. All right. Um, oh, well, like, that, that also discounts a lot of sitcoms, like American sitcoms, like Big Bang Theory, you know, How I Met right. Your Mother. You know, and then those those are okay. I don't mind that. Yeah. Less, less upfront. Um but it's very niche sort of humor, I would say. Like, for example, Big Bang Theory is mainly for people that classify themselves as nerds, right? <laughs> that, that show is ridiculous, I swear. It's not even about nerds anymore. Yeah. They all have partners. Yeah. That, is, that, that is an untrue story. <laughs> right? They're not even nerds. And then, and then for Asian media, I, I feel like it's just easier to digest, right? If I want something chill to watch, I just watch Asian media. Like, right. that, that's usually how I see it. I mean, you can see it just in general with reality TV shows. Think of Terrace House. Mm. Terrace House vs. Big Brother. Same oh, concept, right, yeah. right? But the way they tell the story is very different. So what's the difference? It's exactly as you said, right? One is character-driven in mm. terms of Japanese... Like the Terrace House one, you can see how characters evolve based off different events. Right. Whereas... Um, the uh, American Big Brother, it's more story-driven. Oh, this drama happened. That yeah, drama just, happened. This is drama, You know, drama. like drama on and on and on. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's just very different. Huh? Right. That's just how I see it. Um, I wouldn't prefer one over the other. It's just, yeah, whether I want something a lot more spicy, you know, <laughs> a, lot, a lot more drama, um, Western media. If it's something just, you know, after a long day, just want to chill, watch Asian media. I feel like recently I've been trying to reconnect with older Asian films. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's his name? Um, Stephen Chow films or something. Oh, yep. they're, just so, they're so funny. Like, <laughs> it's just nice to look back at that sort of, he had a very interesting style of humor and depicting it. Mm-hmm. Very different to Western media. The more, uh, I don't know, would you call him like kind of slapstick humor? In Chinese, it's pretty slapstick it, humor in, right. in, in nonsense, nonsensical, nonsensical humor. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, ridiculous stuff. Yeah, ridiculous humor. Yeah, just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, but yeah, been trying to watch some more of that. I think yeah, I'm, I might start a binge of old Asian films. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like kind of go back a few steps. I mean, Stephen Chow kind of became like a gateway to Asian films as well, sort of, didn't it? Because of mm. Kung Fu, Kung Fu, Kung Fu Hustle, Hustle and Shaolin oh, yes. Soccer. And Shaolin Soccer, yeah. they, they, For some reason, they decided to export it to overseas countries and it was trained in cinemas. Right. Yeah, maybe someone just picked it up one day and was like, oh, this is, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Like, let's dub it. And then it did. And then you could watch it in cinemas. Plus, <laughs> he's working on a Netflix series. Oh, animation. Oh. Monkey oh. King. 
Oh, oh he's Monkey King Animation yeah, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. Oh, he's the director. Oh, and there's some Asian artists working for the concept as well. Oh, wow. So okay. That is that synergy again. Mm. So, based on all this uh, discussion so far, do you think it's moved in a positive direction in terms of Asian representation? I definitely think it has. Um, I mean, at the start, Asian representation was more the geeky clown sort of representation. Even when you think about Jackie Chan, right? The way that he, right. like, he, he was a fighter, right? But, but it's the like, way he fought was yes. like, like a clown. It's just like, he, yeah. what, what was the term you used? I think he's like the expert of furniture, yeah. martial arts. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, overall, it's, I wouldn't say it's good having that sort of representation, but through that, I think it slowly became more of a main representation where you're less of a geek, right? You're actually the, 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 the main character even, right? Like you see, you see a lot more of those sorts of media slowly coming out. And I think that's, that's good because it means that the overall community, the Asian community within Western countries, like firstly, they won't see themselves as just the geek, just the nerd, just the clown, right? You're, you're becoming more that. I guess it's like, there's more roles available yeah. now. Yeah. Because in the past, if you were say any Asian actor, mm-hmm. you would, it'd be very difficult for you to get cast outside of roles of being the high school nerd or the guy, who, the kid who gets bullied. Now there's a lot more different roles available that you can at least, you can at least try for and you have more opportunity for. Mm-hmm. It's not limited. Like, I don't know. A college jock is no longer limited to just the big um, white dude, for example, yeah. or Anglo-Saxon person. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. You you bring up a good point. So what I was about to say was, um, it allows because of the diverse roles, it allows the Asian community to understand that they can be an individual themselves with unique characteristics. We don't have to be boxed in to just you know like the clown or someone that knows kung fu or someone that's great at maths. Right. Mm. By having those di- diverse representation of roles, it also means that the overall Asian identity within Western community can also be a lot more diverse. Our own self image can be a lot more diverse. We're just an individual with different sorts of hobbies, different sorts of characteristics. That's just who we are. Right. Mm. So I think it's good. I, I definitely think it's good. Yeah. I think personally, for me, not, not so much. I mean, I do agree with you. Um, but my take on isn't really about trying to force a, a Asian perspective, no, a Asian representation on the mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. but rather um, it's good that we have the synergy because we, like us mm-hmm. as a generation, kind of grew up and got into this. So now we are bringing both worlds into it. Rather than mm. forcing that representation in right mm. in the mainstream, and in honesty, like I'm not saying that's all you know flowers and rainbows, mm. right? It's not a hundred percent good, right? Sometimes it actually disproportionates the the original intention behind that story or the legend or whatever. Like for example, like I'm I'm, I'm sure everyone heard about the backlash about Mulan. Oh yeah, right. Mm, mm. And you could you think of that as one of the new sort of eras of synergy sort of movies in one sense because there was more Asian representation within Western media, but but that was like, like felt shoehorned. Yeah, yeah. So so that, that that's what happened, right? Um, 
So it, it's a delicate balance. It's a complicated. Yes, it's a complicated. Um, you know, it's not topic. so easy. It's right? not so easy that oh, you know, just because we have you know Asians within Western country, they can make amazing films. Not necessarily, right? right? Yeah. It there, there definitely needs to be that balance for something amazing to come out. Um, but yeah, that's how I see it. And like I would say, an example of something that's good is I would say Crazy Rich Asians is a pretty good sort of aspect because it's a good mm-hmm. balance, right? It shows what it feels like as an Asian within a Western country, grew up in America and then goes over to Singapore, you know, and then within the Asian country, like it kind of exhibits those overall values of like the family values, right? Mm. Shows that how Asians think a bit differently, but how we're also very similar. And that's, that's the balance that I'm talking about. Oh, I see what you mean. So I think we've learned as with anything, subjects evolve over time and Asians and media have done the same. Hopefully, we've given you guys a good overview of how we grew up with media and how it evolved along with our Asian heritage. It started off with a more segregated style between Asian and Western media to now a lot more synergized media form. If you liked today's episode, make sure to like and subscribe on your preferred platform. And thank you again for your continued support. We hope you continue enjoying our content as much as we enjoy creating it. We'll see you guys again next week. Bye. Bye.